Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose and I am here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker. Hi everyone. Hi Quinn. Hi Jillian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm finally home. Um, so I spent two weeks after my final exams working our school's commencement, which was a lot of manual labor and just waking up early and doing these crazy shifts because I shifts because I was catering. Um, and so we had to like be there at 4 a.m. and I had to start brewing coffee and it was just like, oh, it was ridiculous. But it's so nice being home. Oh, my God. That's incredible. I'm happy that you're home and that you get to have some actual rest. Um, I am. I spent last weekend in New York City. And well, I was in New York for a day, and then I was in visiting family in Pennsylvania for a day. And now I'm home for a week, and then I'm going to California. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, Quinn is going to the West Coast. Is this your first time on the West Coast? I was at XOXO in Portland, Oregon in September. So, But that's the only other time I've been there. Right. So you've never been to California? Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm also going to California, but at the end of the month, I mean, at the end of the summer. So, but I'm so excited to hear all about it. Yeah, I'm really excited to go. So I'll be in San Jose for WWDC for five days. And then I'm going to San Francisco for a few days over the weekend. And both of these are going to be very lovely. And everything is very expensive. So it better be. <laughs> yeah, I think just, I was gonna say, oh, yeah, like the West Coast is super expensive. But some parts of the East Coast are really expensive, too. So I'm just... Everywhere is pretty much expensive. Everywhere is expensive. I mean, like being home... You know, I live in rural Maine, and so everything is so cheap. And then it, it's been great. And then I went to New York for a day, and I was like, oh, yeah, prices. Don't like this. Oh, right. These are a thing. Taxes are a thing. Mm, cost of living. Ugh, hate to see it. <laughs> And you're you're just sitting there from a distance being like, that's the economy for you, suckers. Eat it. Capitalism. <laughs> so I, uh, I've been tagging Quinn um, a lot lately on in like stupid memes on Facebook, just like with just graphs of like the dead weight loss from taxes. And I'm just I just like tag her in it and don't say anything. And she's just like, OK, Jillian, <laughs> why are you like this? <laughs> I ask myself that question every day. Don't worry. I noticed that the page that you're tagging me with on these memes um, is been liked by every economics major that I know. And I'm like, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little late to the game. I did not know that about this page, but my life has improved substantially since the discovery of it. You just got to get those economics memes in your life. You really do. That's all you need. Uh, there is no transition here. I'm sorry, y'all. I failed you. <laughs> but our first topic today is actually kind of some follow-up about what happened after the attack in Manchester. So as we discussed last week, there was a terrorist attack at an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester. And we discussed how this was an act that was specifically targeting people who were there for joy and community and love and just enjoying something and just enjoying a performance and a culture that they were really invested in and how horrible it is to attack that and ariana grande has 
ended up reacting to all of this in maybe the best way that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so pretty much she is fighting or going against what what these terrorists tried to do was, you know, tear people apart at a concert. And so she's sort of fighting back by having another concert to oh, where all the proceeds are going to go to the victim's families. Um, and Grande herself said that she wanted to hold and uplift her fans. So um, everyone who was at the Manchester concert has free admission. And all the other proceeds are going, you know, to the families who suffered. And this is just an incredible, I think, um, act of not only an act of kindness on like her part because like this obviously is generous but also just the fact that i think quinn uh quinn alluded to this when we were talking before uh, me and her about just how um how she's taking art and she's like combating i can't explain it wait quinn you explain this i can't you've said it really well basically my thoughts on this is that she her initial reaction was just absolute terror and guilt and feeling horrible about this, which is, I think, exactly what the terrorists wanted in this case. And, and they wanted to really drive at the heart of this and to tear people apart, like you said. And then she turned around and said, I love my fans and we come together to celebrate music and each other and I'm going to keep doing that and you can't stop me. And so in order to combat this, I'm going to make an entire huge concert that not only is raising money for the victims and their families but is going to be a huge celebration of exactly what they don't want us to celebrate she's sort of rebelling in her own way which i think is just super powerful and just super great um she's not she's not the only one who's going to be performing at this concert um justin bieber's going to be there katie perry and the band coldplay will also be doing this tribute concert it's gonna be lit honestly yeah they haven't released ticket prices yet but like obviously it's gonna be super expensive but honestly i mean all the proceeds are benefiting the victims and their families affected by this attack so like I think it's worth to pay whatever amount they ask, but... All the attendees who were at the original concert in Manchester will be offered free tickets. And then it's a huge, huge arena that they're playing at. It's 50,000 seats. And so um, there will definitely be filled. I feel like there's an argument here that this is disrespectful for the victims. Um, but I genuinely like I, i've already spoken that i think this is exactly the right thing to do and like last week i compared this incident to the shooting at pulse and i remember the Pulse shooting happened less than 24 hours before the tony awards were going to happen and of course like um the lgbtq community is very important to the theater community and vice versa um and so there was this moment of like, well, what do we do? And what they chose to do, of course, is they continued on and did the Tony Awards as it was intended to be. And they all wore ribbons to honor those who had been killed. And they spoke about it. And they spoke about hope and moving forward and coming together to support the people who had survived this. And that was so much more helpful and healing than canceling them could ever be. And so I do think that when people come after us like this reacting with love and art is almost always the right decision mm -hmm. exactly it's like that um that expression you can't control um what happens in the world but you can control how you react to it and i think 
this example is um, not only the Manchester example, but the example Quinn just described is sort of, it reminds me of, you know, like a bully, right? Like when you're in when you're a little kid and your parents always told you to ignore the bully because like the bully wants to see a reaction out of you and the bully wants to get you angry because that benefits them. But um, if you know, hold your head up high and keep doing what you're doing and you don't let the bully negatively affect you, that's actually better in the long run. Um, it's more obviously more health, more helpful and more healthy for you, but also like it's exactly what the bully doesn't want to see. The d- bully doesn't want to see you happy, and the bully doesn't want you to. S- <sighs> the bully doesn't want to see you make all of these changes or these adjustments to deal with him, um, because the bully wants to create fear. Yeah, and it it's that, but on a huge global scale of murder and terror. At any rate, all proceeds from the show are going towards what has been dubbed the We Love Manchester Emergency Fund. Um, so that's in partnership with the british red cross and the manchester city council and so and i mean (laughs) with this kind of thing you know you always hear about money not getting where it's supposed to be with these huge benefits and i really really hope that this money is going to be funneled directly as possible to victims and their families um, to help with whatever costs are incurred with all of this and there are always such serious costs that are incurred with um, death, especially in this kind of attack. And just another brief follow-up, their investigation into the attack is making good progress. There's over a thousand people, there's around a thousand people working on it. Um, And then obviously the security for this concert is just going to be unbelievably high, which is good because um, obviously of what happened. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine the kind of security that is going to be at this show because it's a perfect target um but they like they're saying that people can't really bring any bags in and it's going to be super tight and it should be um and i really really hope that everything goes exactly as it's supposed to unfortunately in other news of horrible things happening in the world Two men this week were murdered by a man in Portland, Oregon, when they stepped in to stop him from harassing two women, one of whom was wearing a hijab. And the man became violent and stabbed them, um, and stabbed three men, actually, and two of them died from their injuries. Um, One of them... Uh, survived and I believe is expected to make a full recovery but this is this is the first that I've heard of something happening like this you hear a lot about these kinds of racist and xenophobic attacks happening but this is the first time at least with um, national coverage that I've seen and these were like white able-bodied men um, and that's what you always hear is like the you know use your privilege to step in and help and then everything will be fine but the reaction just ended up being shifted um and they gave their life for it it's another thing it's another horrible thing that's just going to perpetuate fear more and disincentivize people to stand up for others because you know of this fear that they're going to be attacked for what they say um it's just absolutely awful what happened was on the bus, I guess the suspect or the, pers- the person who did this was asking the two women questions and then he sort of 
lost control and then he started freaking out and then another bystander on the bus tried to calm him down um and that's when the suspect you know took out a knife and began stabbing people and harming them um and he said get off the bus get out of the country because you don't pay taxes here and so that's just such an incredibly awful thing to say and then fault like with this action is just i i just can't believe that this just happened um and i think it's just another example of how like it's so dangerous everywhere like you can't even take a train to work anymore like without fearing you know that something bad is going to happen what was extraordinary about what happened here is um, the men that stepped in did genuinely save these women um, and they spoke about it afterwards and said they judging by what happened next like they were sure that if those men had not stepped in the situation would have escalated and they would not have survived this is just the one of the most genuine depictions of heroism that I have ever seen or heard about um, and that these men, one of whom um, was an army veteran, just saw something, saw an injustice happening and said, like, no, I'm not going to stand for this. And I don't think that they knew that they were in danger of being killed. But in this day and age, that ends up, unfortunately, apparently is always a danger. Um, as Quinn mentioned before, there were three men who were stabbed. Um, one died at the scene. One died in the hospital from injuries. And then, as Quinn said, the third one is going to make um, a full, rec- is expected to make a full recovery. Um, but the one who died at the scene was older, but he was 53. And then um, the other man who died at the hospital was 23. And then the last, the other victim who is going to survive, hopefully, is 21. So a pretty wide age gap, I think, between, you know, the three people who intervened. Um, so it wasn't just, you know, some like three random college kids defending people. It was just, it it was bigger than that. Now, since the attack, the man has obviously been arrested and is going to court. Um, and he arrived in court and started screaming about free speech and how he has the right to free speech. Um, and it was like, okay, well, you're being charged with aggravated murder. So I'm not sure how that is relevant in this time and place. He actually said, you call it terrorism, I call it patriotism. And it's like, oh, dear God, why? Why is this? Um, police did not reveal all the details of the attacker's history. But the newspaper reported that um, he had been convicted before of robbery, kidnapping and weapon charges. He's obviously, this is not his first rodeo. Like, this is just absolutely awful. I feel like now this is the gloaming example of something that we were talking about earlier in the year about people just shouting free speech as this glorious excuse to be a terrible person. And how, why is it, why are people trying to push the limits of free speech to say horrible things? Like, why, that's not. That's not what it's supposed to be. And then this man comes in and kills people and is then screaming about free speech, which doesn't, that doesn't make any sense on the surface because this isn't a free speech issue. This was an assault problem and this is a murder. But there is this twisted aspect to it, which is like he um, originally got into the situation because he was 
doing this um, anti-Muslim rant and was harassing these women. And so when people stepped in, he was like, no, I have the free speech to do this. And that, as as I understand it, is why the attack escalated and, and why he ended up physically attacking them. But at, at no point is anyone violating his free speech rights by telling him to stop harassing people or by charging him in court for murder. But this association just gets so twisted around um, in the country that we're living in now. Yeah, like, I just can't believe that he resorted to, oh, well, free speech. I mean, he literally had a weapon and stabbed three people. Like, that that doesn't even, that completely leaves the realm of free speech and starts, you know, going into basic human rights, as in, like, the right to go on a bus without being stabbed to death. Um, so, this is just, this is ridiculous. He, um, what, from what Quinn said, from what you said, Quinn, it was just, it sounds like, it almost sounds as, like, he, he he was trying to justify um his actions okay maybe not justifying the stabbing obviously but he was he thought that he was in the right by you know by harassing these people which is just a huge problem i honestly am not sure based on what we've seen here that he doesn't think he's still in the right like i mean i think like this man is clearly not stable because i there's a lot of intersection um, with these kinds of violent attacks um, and either a diagnosable mental illness or just being completely twisted by what he's been exposed to um, in his life. And that'll be something I'm sure that will be determined over the course of his trial. But Yeah, um, police have said that there's no known affiliation with a criminal, um, criminal gang, so... He was he wasn't acting with anybody, and then he has no history of uh, mental health issues. So this was just oh god, this is just awful. I just like to take a moment to thank those men who did step in um, and do the right thing and protect the people that they saw around them from what was a completely unjust and unprovoked attack on them, and who ultimately paid for it with their lives. You are the best part of this country and i'm really really sorry that you're gone what what these people did was just so incredibly brave um and i think that's that's something we need you know in a world right now that is experiencing all these awful things and um it's it's nice to see that there is still some good left jillian i have an important question for you where were you when Kafif happened. When what happened? You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No. Okay. So, yesterday on Twitter, Donald Trump tweeted, as he is wont to do. But in this case, he tweeted, and I quote, Despite the constant negative press, Kafif. <laughs> Spelled C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Now, I'm pronouncing it Kafif. There's really no decided pronunciation pronunciation for this word you can pronounce it however you want because it's not a word and here's the thing he did not delete it for six hours oh my goodness anyway there were so many jokes you know in days like these when the life cycle of a joke is like 12 hours it's rough because it gets old so quickly but those 12 hours are glorious 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Within the six hours, it had been retweeted more than 127,000 times and liked more than 162,000 times, uh, making it one of his most popular tweets in months. And then he made, then he tweeted again. He finally deleted it, but then he was like, who can figure out the meaning of Kofif? Enjoy? What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Everyone's pretty sure he meant to say coverage, but then he just hit tweet before he meant to, and a word was spelled wrong, and he didn't finish his sentence. And instead of deleting it, he just left it? Like, did someone tackle him at this moment and take his phone out of his hand because he wasn't supposed to have it? And he was like, but no, my tweet. Um, and it just got left there for six hours. Yeah, I can't imagine him just, like, tweeting this and just, I don't know, being okay with it. Like, something... Oh my goodness, I'm just looking at the memes right now, and there's so many that's like, make America Kofif again. I mean, it's basically already played out, and it's definitely going to be played out by the time this show goes up to air, but I had to bring it up. It's just, I, I can't... I love when I get to watch a joke rise and fall in real time. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Also, there are so many like Twitter accounts having like polls where they're saying, what is the correct pronunciation of Kofif? And there's some of the options are Kofifi, Kofefe, and then Kofif. I mean, really, it's all of them at once. Um, I think it's actually pronounced Kofif. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is so funny. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't know about this. You miss everything. You didn't know about the P-tape when it happened. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I feel like when I don't have to be tuned into the news all the time, I try to filter it out as much as I can and just try to concentrate on what's impacting me directly. Because otherwise, if I listen to the news all the time and it's just like a 24-7 like monitoring of things that Trump does or says or how he acts stupidly, it's just... It would be not a great time. Yeah, that's definitely not at all what my life is like all of the time. <laughs> yeah, so in other news, what when Trump is not tweeting typos and coming up with new words, um, he is considering backing out of the Paris Treaty. So basically, this is an agreement between over nearly 200 countries um, all of, working towards you know, reducing our carbon uh, CO2 emissions and, you know, trying to fix or remedy the damage that we've already done to our planet. So the fact that Trump wants to withdraw from this agreement and put United States in this position as not thinking that climate change or that humans are, you know, doing substantial damage to the planet is not exactly the move, I think, here. Um, what do you think, Quinn? Yeah, to put this in perspective, every country in the world is in this agreement except for Syria and Nicaragua. This is not a this is not a niche situation here, and backing out would be a very big deal. Yeah, and pretty much this is a view held on both sides. Like this isn't just a strictly democrat thing. I mean, um Republicans are notorious for not giving um for not caring about the planet. And I'm glad you said it. <laughs> hey, I mean, someone had to say it. Um, but I think it goes, at least for me, like this just goes on. This is just a, such a, it's a much larger issue than whether or not you think that um, climate change is legitimate enough to warrant this. It's more like the 
the fact that, okay, well, this is the world trying to do something and trying to, you know, join together and work towards this common goal. And the fact that the United States, as one of, as the most powerful country in the world, backing out of that, that would just send an awful signal to everybody else. So the fact that I, I'm, I'm like shocked that nobody has, like, why is this, why is this still relevant? Like, can he do this? Like, I just, I'm just like shocked. Well, it's kind of like a Brexit situation where, I mean, he can back out of it, but no one's sure exactly how to do that. Um, And he's, by the time this episode goes up, he might have made the official announcement. Um, But like, this is pretty set at this point. He wants to do this. And this goes against a lot of people's advice. Like you mentioned, like this is not, um, I mean, it's kind of partisan, but it's not a strictly partisan issue. Um, And including his secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, aka like, oil ceo um was against backing out of the paris agreement so this isn't exactly just a hugely unpopular obama policy um this is a this is an important thing for everyone but trump is plans to back out he campaigned on backing out of the agreement and i think genuinely i think a huge part of that is because it's something obama did and he doesn't like that and he wants to back out of it yeah, I mean, it's the fact that, like, the former head of Exxon um, and oil and all of that stuff is saying, oh, maybe this, you know, isn't a great idea. I feel like that should raise some red flags. Um, and yeah, exactly, Quinn. Like, this, I feel like Trump is viewing this as a part, more of a partisan manner than anybody else by saying, oh, well, since Obama implemented this and Obama equals bad, so, like, I need to pull out of it. It's just, I understand. Okay, so... I do understand some of the reasons why he would want to pull out of this just because basically one of the um, the terms in the agreement is that all the countries um, funnel like something like a uh, $100 billion towards financing and fixing, you know, the problems that we've caused through our CO2 emissions. And that, of course, obviously is going to place a burden on the United States, a financial responsibility. And obviously that's going to come out of taxpayers, um, taxpayers pockets. So I understand from like that respect, why maybe like why you would maybe want to pull out of the agreement. But I, I just think that it just sends to me, the significance of this is not necessarily uh, what the agreement entails specifically, but more of the signal it sends, of the precedent it sets, of, you know, the fact that this is literally basically the entire world and the fact that Trump can just, like, pull the United States out of it, which is it's just bad publicity on so many levels. So I don't even know why this is still a viable option. Speaking of partisanship on this case, though, Ted Cruz wrote this whole article um, just this week arguing that Trump should back out of the agreement. I'll tell you, I trust Ted Cruz not at all for many reasons. Also, I cannot believe he has no spine. Anyway, um, but he gave all these reasons, basically the the whole argument about how it's an economic burden and also how um, the U.S. has more restrictions put on it um, at the present time than, for example, China does. But, like, those, this is a very carefully brokered agreement, and um, the decisions that were made about the restrictions on different countries was based on what that country could manage at the time. And so, yeah, like, you have made this great point before that the United States really pulling back carbon emissions doesn't make 
a substantial enough difference if countries like China and India aren't doing that as well. But I mean, that's that's what the Paris Agreement is. It's like, hey, let's all do this together, please. Um, and I also just, all of the arguments about how it's an economic burden um, and it hurts like coal industries and stuff like that, that is true, but it has to happen sometime or we're going to destroy the planet. And the longer we wait, the harder it gets. But if the, if we actually start making these shifts and making shifts into sustainable energy and putting jobs into sustainable energy instead of um, these fossil fuel industries, then we c- it will hurt people and that sucks. But it, it otherwise, like we're going to have Boston underwater and that's going to suck a lot more. Yeah. And even coming from like the other side of the argument, like just Okay, I am all about reducing economic burdens as much as possible. I hate taxes. Like, I understand why people, you know, why people do want to pull out because it, it, like Quinn said, it is an economic burden. But even if you don't look at that as sort of like, oh, well, like in the long run, it's good for the planet, even if that's not your argument, because that's certainly not my argument for why why we should stay in the agreement. My argument is more like, well... Like, we are a huge, powerful country, and, you know, this does matter. And it's more of, like, managing relationships with other countries. Like, first, like, Germany, if we pull out, Germany is going to be hella pissed because Germany is very, very big on climate change and, you know, um, doing our best to prevent any other future damage. And so we're just going to damage relationships. Like, this is a PR nightmare if the United States backs out of this agreement. Absolutely. And it also places more power in other countries. Um, because if we back out, not only is it super, super bad for PR, but it also gives us less power um, in future world agreements, similar or maybe even just people don't like us as much anymore. People already hate us so much. But <laughs> did you see Merkel does not trust us one bit anymore? And she made that very clear and she shouldn't. Um, but the farther that we fall out of the favor of the other um, powerful countries in the world, the worse our standing is going to get. And that's not going to help us in our economic sphere. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think like, at least I- I'm speak- I'm saying this as a Republican, but I think we need to choose our battles. Like, yes, I understand that, you know, these are our taxes and I don't I don't want to pay taxes either but I also don't want like all of Europe and Asia and every other country in the world to hate us and thus prevent us you know from entering future agreements that you know could benefit us economically so like this is we need to think long-term people long-term thinking I know that Trump isn't capable of that because he's gonna die in like five years probably but long-term thinking (laughs) Ugh. Quinn, this is why I'm learning all of these languages. So when the United States is like out of the picture and we need to start communicating and they start communicating in other languages because they know Americans can't speak anything but English. Like this is where I'm going to this is where I'm going to thrive. Oh, my God. You're so smart. I got to pick Mandarin back up then. China seems fine. (laughs) They're going to be way better than we are soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Honestly, I was expecting to argue with you about this a little bit more um, because we've had had some slight disagreements on uh, climate policy in the past. But it's interesting to see we are both on the same page on this one. Yeah, I think that should uh, say something. (laughs) I do not really care about the environment. Like, okay, that sounds really bad. I don't want people to think I don't care about the environment. I mean, I don't care about the environment, but I don't want people to think that, you know? So, like, (laughs) it's just... 
you need to think about this from all different levels. Like, it's not just a simple, like, I'm all about thinking things through economically and hey, like profits and losses, like, it's all about the P&L. It's all about making as much money as possible. Like, I'm all about capitalism. But like, also, like managing relationships with other countries is also extremely important. And like, your reputation, you know, as a functional country, I think is also pretty damn important. Oh, yeah, we definitely don't have that anymore. Also, to make things clear, I care about the environment a lot. (laughs) Quinn is a good person. Yes. It's funny, though. But to be fair, though, like, for someone who doesn't really care about the environment, aka me, like, I feel like I do do a lot to sort of reduce my carbon footprint as much as possible. Like, I don't I'm a pescatarian, so I don't eat like poultry or, you know, steak or anything. I also walk all the time because I don't really believe in public transportation, you know, libertarianism. Um, and I also when wait, I wait, 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 you don't believe in public transportation. OK, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just that I don't like That's it just because you don't know how to ride the subway. <laughs> OK, the subway is V complex. I know how to ride the subway. I don't even live in New York. <laughs> yeah, I see that. But like also like it just timing. It's always late. You cannot trust these public like transportation systems because you're they're never on time like I might as well just walk everywhere if it takes me an extra like three four hours fine whatever at least I won't be late public transportation is one of the greatest gifts I have ever been given I am such a big fan (laughs) we don't need public transportation we don't need roads like everyone needs to chill with all this infrastructure okay um in case you're wondering Jillian would like to advocate for everyone living in the 1700s. No, we need you back earlier than that. When did people just have farms? Like, no civilization, just farms. <laughs> I don't know, like 500 BC. <laughs> yeah, we'll go all the way back there. Sustain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, TLDR, humans are harming the planet. Whether the extent to which you think they are is obviously that differs through for many different people. Um, Quinn loves the environment. I don't. But still, we are in agreement that Trump pulling out of the Paris Agreement would be a very bad decision. Absolutely. Also, one quick side note back on that, though. So I am also a pescatarian, um, which I am for moral reasons. And one of those one of the biggest reasons is because of the environment, Um, because and we should have it. We should talk about vegetarianism someday because it is so complicated in terms of the morality and the actual effect that you have by choosing to become a vegetarian. But anyway, um, so why are you a vegetarian? What's your reasoning? This is funny because, Quinn, I was actually just going to tell you, I was thinking about, you know, trying veganism, which is just like, OK, so I gave up meat for Lent uh, my sophomore year of high school. Um, and so I gave up meat for 40 days, didn't eat anything like that came from an well didn't eat chicken or steak or any of that um and then I tried to get back into it after Easter and when Lent was over and I just like couldn't stomach it anymore because my system just like was not used to processing it um and so me being like the impatient person I am I was just like well I can't eat this meat lasagna now so I might as well never eat meat lasagna again and then since then I just haven't been eating meat what about you Quinn Okay, do you have the most delicate system in the world or what? Because that's not really how humans work. Oh, I have, like, I have the worst digestive tract, like, known to man. Like, I cannot process anything. Okay, okay. Um, 
I became a vegetarian um, going like at the very beginning of my freshman year of college. Um, and it was just something that I'd always been interested in. And then I made a lot of friends who were vegetarians and I was like, all right. Um, and then about a year ago, I added fish back in my diet because I had, I got had a lot of problems with getting enough iron and I was sick a lot. So I was like, okay, for my own health, I need to start eating fish. Definitely. But yeah, I was thinking about trying veganism um except though like see that's another thing that Quinn and I we should Quinn we should like take the time to separate you know that veganism when people say they're vegan it's more of a lifestyle because you know it that means you're not wearing silk you're not wearing leather meanwhile I would just be only eating a plant-based diet so I think there is a difference between you know being vegan and then having a plant-based diet which is one of the nuances that the vegan community is very um very vocal about which is no which is good like there should be like there should be differences, um, but so yeah, I will. I'm gonna start, and I will let you know how it goes. I wish you the best of luck, person whose diet consists of ice cream and cereal and Soylent. Oh, there you go, and Soylent. <laughs> I do eat my cereal with almond milk, and also most of the ice cream I eat is dairy free. So I think what I would be missing though is like sushi and like the occasional egg. You can have. Um vegetarian sushi though yeah that's true so yeah we'll see how this goes tbd and expect a later topic perhaps on the economic and environmental impact of vegetarianism because i think it's really interesting but we're not going to get super into that today (laughs) so this is just going to be a brief note about something we're very excited about because yesterday I actually had been thinking about it and then I saw something on Instagram that made me really excited and then I didn't think I had anyone to talk to about it and then with no warning whatsoever I get in all caps text messages from Jillian that just says basically I just wrote in all caps wait Anna Akana and Watsky I think they're a thing I am shook and then Quinn goes in all caps they are OMG you like Watsky I was shook by this as well and then basically it was just us having a conversation about how good Waski is at rapping, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then us dissecting whether or not they were official because I was like, Anna kind of has two Instagrams of him and he has one of her. And one of his tweets was something about his girlfriend meeting the parents. That has to be Anna, except she made a video about being single. So I was a little confused. And then Quinn clarified by saying, oh, well, like the vet- that video um, was filmed months ago and she's in a relationship now. So like they're definitely dating. And I was just like, oh, I'm so excited. I have someone to talk to about this because, like, I needed someone to rant to. And it was just, it's not even a rant, though. It's more of an overflowing amount of joy for these two beautiful humans together at last. And Quinn was in full agreement. So, so much. So for those who don't know, Anna Akana is a YouTuber um, and so many other things and she's just brilliant and we love her and then Watsky is a poet and rapper and it's also incredible so we're just very excited about this and I normally don't spend that much time at least publicly um gossiping about the love lives of people that I don't know but we're just so excited (laughs) yes yes we are I on the other hand do love publicly gossiping about the the dating lives of people I don't know so this which is why I'm bringing up the Kardashian drama (laughs) 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 Look at that one transition that we were able to do, and it was, of course, related to the Kardashians. It's fine. Whatever. Um, So the only pop culture news that I have really been following besides this is the drama between Kourtney Kardashian and her partner of nine years. They broke up. um, They broke up a while ago. Um, But basically, her and Scott are done. They haven't really 
they haven't really interacted at all aside from you know hanging out with their kids but apparently like she's dating some she's dating this model who's absolutely beautiful and is like 23 so a lot younger than her 38 um and meanwhile scott who's a little younger than courtney but not by much only like a year or two he's dating well he's being seen or photographed with teenagers like literal teenagers and i'm just like i understand the whole like my horse is bigger than your horse thing but like i feel like that's a bit much um he actually went on a vacation with bella thorne who like i only know from the show shake it up in uh on Disney Channel, and so, like, she's younger than Quinn and I are, so the fact that Scott Disick is hanging out with her was just a little uncomfortable. Wait, how old is Bella Thorne? I think she's, like, 19 or 20. No, wait, I didn't know this. Yeah, she's super young. Oh my god, she's 19 years old. I thought she was, like, 25. No! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and then it gets it gets worse. So, Bella goes on this vacation with um scott or whatever and then i guess she leaves but then he's still seen like in the area a few hours later with this other girl who happens to be justin bieber's ex and was like is like 18 so clearly scott is has some issues that he needs to work on because like that's ridiculous i am shook yeah i know shooketh am i i cannot believe you know all of this (laughs) Yeah, I'm, like, really ashamed that I do know all of this in the detail that I know it. But Bella was also, it was also Bella's ex-boyfriend's birthday um, the other day. And so she, there's a picture of them. So maybe, like, she got back together with him after the whole Scott thing didn't work out. But, like, if she honestly thought that, like, Scott Disick and her were ever going to be a thing, like, then she also has issues that she needs to work out. I can't believe you know all of this. Yeah, I'm, like, very ashamed of myself right now. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm not phased. I genuinely want to know, where do you read all of this? Oh, Snapchat. What? The Snapchat stories of all these magazines is how I get, like, most of my information about celebrities, if not all of it. That's incredible. I only read the super clickbaity stories on the Snapchat Explore tab. There was one about sugar daddies that was a very fascinating article. Oh my goodness. I actually watched a documentary on sugar daddies once. I think it was on Netflix. But I think that, I think this does bring up an interesting question though. Like, I mean, when you're a celebrity, like that the de facto age rule doesn't really matter, you know? So like Quinn, you know, like the age rule, what is it? Like half your age plus one or minus one or something like that? It's, It's half your age plus seven. That's the youngest you should be dating. So you're saying we could only date like 17 and a half year olds. I'm 20. So 17 year olds. Okay. So I'm 17 and a half year olds, but still that's, that's still super young. Yeah. The, the rule, I mean, this isn't a hard and fast rule. It works pretty well as an estimate. I would not date a 17 year old because, oh boy. Um, uh, so I think it's also like, you got to keep in account um, legality because... I mean, it depends on what state it is, um, but I definitely think there are some places where me dating a 17-year-old would not be okay. Um, But technically, once you're legal, you can date whoever you want. It's just perhaps not emotionally healthy. Yeah, but I think, Quinn, like, if we're saying that we wouldn't date 17-year-olds and then this, like, 35, 36, mid-30s guy is, like, dating 19-year-olds, then, like, ah, yikes, literally yikes. Yeah, well, I mean, this this happens where, especially with, like, way older celebrity guys dating younger women, and 
it's never okay. It's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's never okay because of course it does depend on the exact situation, but it's very unlikely to be okay. And being a celebrity in no way changes that. In fact, I think it probably makes it worse. Yeah. But like Courtney's also doing this. Like she, so she, her and Justin Bieber were a thing. And then now she's dating this like 23 year old model. And then now like, and then the fact that Scott was seeing with Justin Bieber's ex, like literally this is just such a mess of, oh God. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to make any judgments about people with big age gaps in the relationship. I mean, especially once you get like past 30, like who cares? Um, it's more when you have people who are like 19 and then 20 years older than them. Like that is much, much more likely to be an issue. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's hard to believe that that is a healthy relationship. Yeah, exactly. Like I think... I think my most, I guess if we had to make a new liberal rule, it would be uh, just don't date teenagers if you are more than, you know, like 10 years older than them. Even then, like just if you're 35, you should not be dating someone whose age has the word teen in it. Like, I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And I mean, there are no hard and fast rules, but there are situations where you're like, oh, Oh, no. Age is but a number. Jail is but a place. It's fine. (laughs) Great. All right. That is all from us for today. If you would like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at MixedFeelingsFM, where you can tweet at us or send us a DM, or at Relay.fm slash MixedFeelings, where there is a contact form to send us an email. You can also find us in the Apple Podcast Store. It would be super cool if you left us a review. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our mixed feelings.